0: You're listening to the Sport of Business podcast powered by the 321 Go Project. We've talked with over 500 gym motors just like you, and every week we'll bring you the best of the best. We chat with industry experts as well as deliver advice that you can use today. For more, visit 321GoProject.com. All right, listeners, hello and welcome to another episode of the Sportive Business Podcast. Uh, My name is Matt Scanlon. I will be hosting today, and I am joined by Lindsay Marcelli. Lindsay is a very busy person. She owns CrossFit Eminence uh, just north of Denver. She also works as a specialist business consultant for 321GO Project, and she also founded and runs uh, Girls Gone Rx, which is an event series. Lindsay, uh, welcome to the show. It is great to have you.
1: Thank you. you. Uh,
0: Let's get started. So you and your husband, Chris, own a gym in Colorado. When did you guys get started, and what have been some of the benchmarks that you've hit along the way since opening?
1: Yeah. We opened in June 2011. Um, We're about 10 minutes north of Denver. Um, the whole the whole first year it was just me like I was the only coach the only owner my husband kept his full time job you know it was kind of like that uh, spur of a moment I was a trainer at a global gym you know people were paying a lot of money to train but not training a whole lot of time so we talked about it and then a month later we opened um, so it's kind of fast process um, our first goal was to have Chris quit his full time job at our one year mark at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was actually at our 13th month of being open that he quit his job and we were both full-time at the gym. So for three years now, we've been both hanging out every day. We have a, we share the same office and work out and work together every day.
0: That's awesome. So I think that that's one thing that a lot of gym owners can relate with is that fear of quitting their day job to run the gym full-time. For you guys, what was that sort of indicator that hey, we need to go like we need to dive headfirst into the deep end on this thing?
1: We we set up our budget um, to see like what was the numbers we had to hit in order to be able to sustain like our living. Um, And as as soon as we hit it, we hit it for three months straight. So we hit it pretty early, like we hit you know the numbers that we needed, our membership, our revenue. I think right around month ten. Um, And, you know, with memberships, people could quit any day. So we didn't want to, you know, all of a sudden we hit our numbers and then the next month change our entire lifestyle. So um, after about three months of a steady increase in revenue, he was able to quit. And, you know, we, it's not like we lived an extravagant life. We, you know, it's one of those, we could have made more money if he kept his job, but we would have rather spent more time together and work on our business. So we busted our ass and made it work and been great since
0: i love it so this is a plan that you guys had from the very beginning is that we're going to set up these goals once we have steady cash flow for three months now chris it's time to leave your job and let's really get after this yep okay so as if it were not enough work to run a crossfit affiliate as it were um, you also are a specialist business mentor for 321GO Project. And for those listeners that aren't familiar, uh, we, we have business mentors and specialist mentors that you can schedule calls with and to provide consulting on very specific aspects of running a gym. And, Lindsay, your specialty is running events. When did you run your first event at CrossFit Eminence?
1: Um, I think our grand opening was basically our first event because we turned it into a little mini day full of challenges. And um, we did a little fundraiser. So we had a bunch of two-minute challenges at one point. We had some food at one point. So our, our grand opening was more like inviting our entire CrossFit community to come join us. Um, It wasn't wasn't focused on members as it was just focused on showing people that are already owning gyms and, you know, members of other gyms are new space. So that was kind of our first one. We had a really good turnout. The community here in Colorado is just awesome. Like everybody is very supportive when people have events and fundraisers and all of that. And then after that, you know, I had such a blast kind of planning an event that was ours. That, that was in September of our first year open. So in 2011, we did our grand opening in September. Um, and our first competition was in January.
0: What was your biggest mistake in those early events that you made that you look back oh, on and you're like, that is that was just a Bush League mistake, never do it again?
1: There was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like getting the scorecards printed and having an actual scorecard for an event, that, you know, we didn't have that quite nailed down. Um having an exact timeline with time in between and I think just the entire process. It was kind of like thrown together. Um, you know, we had judges and I kinda knew what we wanted it to look like from other events that we had been to, but it was like Friday night the before the Saturday comp. We were here till two in the morning setting up and doing last minute printing and making signs. And, you know, now that I have I've created a full checklist, which is on the three two one site that anyone can go download. That kind of outlines, you know, based off my mistakes that I've made throughout all of my events, it outlines so you don't forget that last-minute little stuff or, you know, you don't have one of your members running to a gas station to get toilet paper because you ran out. We had that one year. So... So Uh one of the things
0: that I'm starting to realize is that I don't think a week goes by that in my inbox I don't get some gym owner reaching out to me saying, hey, invite all your members to this event. And it's become Mm -hmm. – the market has become so saturated with like Mm -hmm. weekend throwdowns and events. What are a couple things that gym owners who are thinking about just doing another citywide event – what are a few things that they can do to really differentiate their event from all of the other noise that's in this space at the moment?
1: I mean, there's a couple different suggestions that I help gym owners with. Um, I think local competitions are kind of dying out a little bit, you know, because especially nowadays, like the the level of athletes are so high that you have, you know, you almost have to have divisions for those awesome elite athletes and then everybody else, you know. I think there's a lot of competitions that focus on that few handful. Like if you look at your typical gym member, you know, maybe five out of a hundred are the elite athletes, right? You know, elite like muscle ups and high level snatches and things like that. And then there's a competition for the high level athlete, but there's not a whole lot of competitions for the middle average athlete. Um, So I think to differentiate yourself from another comp, is to really just put your effort into, like, what you would want out of a competition. So when I sign up for a competition and I'm paying $100, you know, like, I want a nice shirt that I can wear. Like, everybody wants a shirt. Even marathon runners, they go for the shirt, right? Um, or the medal or whatever you want. So we try to get our – every athlete bag to have something special, whether it's, you know, for girl's gun X right now, um, a small thing we're adding is branded hair ties. You know, every female uses a hair tie, you know, that has long hair, whatever. Um so they get a tank top, they get a they get coupon codes from a bunch of companies, they get hair ties, um and then we're adding like sunglasses. So small little stuff, but it's still working on your brand, working on your event and it's stuff that the athletes want.
0: And And to your point, one thing that I heard in there that I think a lot of gym owners are missing on with events is this opportunity to create referral networks with other local businesses. There are plenty of businesses in the the supplement space, the food space, the apparel uh, space that would love to be a part of your event. Do you see gym owners underutilizing local business development in their competitions?
1: Definitely. I think – You know, a lot of gym owners focus on the money portion of a competition, which is, you know, one reason to host a comp. But at the same time, um, you know, you host a competition to embrace your community and throw something special for your community. So if you're not involving your entire community, there's a ton to miss out on, like local food trucks. You know, for example, we have our event on Saturday and we have four food trucks. You know, we're not charging them anything, but they're giving a free lunch to all of our volunteers which is way more worth it for us and our volunteers. Um, And same thing with like supplement companies that are known in Killcliffe. Um, What we do a lot in our Girls Gone X comps is we reach out to bigger, not even CrossFit related brands. So um, there's a company in California, like a makeup brand, for example, that's going to be doing samples for our athletes, but they're not CrossFit specific but they're, you know our events are women specific which is also what this company is targeting. So if you can reach out to a company that has the same demographic, you know like a women specific brand or fitness specific, you know, there's a lot, lot more than just CrossFit apparel.
0: Which almost seems like further incentive to really niche down who your competition demographic is. If you have this competition that's like RX athlete scaled athlete, female athlete, masters athlete, all under one space, it's a little bit more difficult to sell that to a, a a potential sponsor as opposed to if you were like, hey, we're doing a 50-year-old plus throwdown this weekend. Now you've got this entire demographic of people that you could reach out to sponsors with to really, really niche down who those people are at the event. Right. Uh so regarding events in general Lindsay uh um is is the idea of hosting an event to bring people that are non-members of your gym inside your space or is it to use them as a retention tool in house like what do you what do you see a lot of gym owners using these throwdowns as
1: I Think a little bit of both um we host for example like an in-house specific just for our members competition on our like anniversary for our gym. And that's something that we only have our members participate in. It's something that is just partner. It's fun for them. They get shirts. The money goes back to the gym. They get to pick out what equipment that we're going to purchase, things like that. So there's that way to view a competition. Um, And then if you're hosting a competition, you know, the same thing. If you have 100 athletes, you have those five that are super competitive. So you're not going to have a whole lot of athletes from your gym compete. But you also might have athletes from your gym that want to judge or help out or just see a competition at their own comfortable in house environment, and then that promotes them to train harder and you know, so it 's kind of a couple different ways to look at it
0: absolutely so yeah. what what kind of timeline would you recommend for do let 's just take an example of an in house competition geared towards retention and training enthusiasm for your existing members. How far ahead of time would you recommend planning that to get these athletes excited about the competition?
1: For an in-house comp, we usually announce it 60 days in advance. And that could just be with like a simple, the logo teaser, like get ready, it's coming, or pictures from the previous year, a video from the previous year. So we try to, 60 days out, we try to do like a graphic or a promo of some kind, and then we'll, we'll do that once a week you know, like every Monday or Tuesday, like, are you excited? Start getting your partners together. Um, we, we make a big whiteboard. We have an extra whiteboard at our gym that, you know, we'll write who is signed up already and their team names. And then we're like, why aren't you on this list? And it's more fun. You know, it's not a serious comp. Everything is easy. You know, it's not – we don't program muscle-ups and a ton of double-unders, especially if we know our athletes don't have that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot easier to program for an in-house comp because you know your athletes –
0: Absolutely. And so what about – so you had mentioned earlier, and I kind of pass over, but I want to spend some time here. You would mentioned Girls Gone Rx. So for the listeners that aren't familiar with Girls Gone Rx, A, uh, what is wrong with you? You should probably know that by now. Uh, But B, Lindsay, uh, fill us in on how you got started with Girls Gone Rx and some things that you guys have coming up in the near future.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah, we started Girls Gone Rx here um, as a competition at our gym in Colorado in 2012 was our first one. Um, my mom had breast cancer when I was deployed. And so when we opened our gym, we I've always kind of viewed our gym as like a platform to reach out to wherever I live, like a community. So we started Girls Gone X um, with the idea of getting women together to benefit a great cause. So. We have now officially partnered with a charity called bright Pink so bright pink um is the only actually the only national nonprofit organization that's focused on the prevention and early detection of breast cancer and actually ovarian cancer too um so they they probably reach i believe their reach is about fifty two million women in the United States between eighteen and forty five wow so wow. we you know we talked to them originally we talked about their vision um and kind of what their goals are with their charity, and then as far as our goals with our competitions. And it was just like the most amazing partnership we could have pictured with a with a charity. Um, I mean, Bright Pink, they're super awesome. Um, we talk to them probably every couple of days and get updates and all of that. So with our Girls Gone RX, you know, we wanted every competition to benefit. A breast cancer charity basically because my mom had breast cancer which she's now breast cancer free which is ex- very exciting awesome.
0: awesome so how many events are you doing on an annual basis with Girls Gone Rx uh, so
1: 2012 it started 2012 and 13 it was just a comp that I held here at our gym um, it was never a thought to even take it nationwide um, until last year 2014 um, I saw, you know, this competition, someone else was kind of hosting the same thing, almost like word for word for, as our competition. Um, And I was like, man, you know, this is a thing that people are interested outside of just Colorado. Um, And then I had a gym reach out to me and I was like, hey, I'd love to host that same idea. I love the concept. And I was like, I would love to help you, you know, let me help you do it. And then my husband and I talked about it and like, we should just help gyms. Like I love hosting events and a lot of gym need that help. So I'm like, why not have them host our competition? I get to help them with the event. It benefits the same cause and that's – we just kind of took it nationwide last year, the end of last year.
0: So in, so in following the help first model, I think probably what you've done is you've created this model where – in the end, you're able to exact much more change for this charity than mm-hmm. as if it were, you know, let's say 30 gyms just kind of doing it on their own. Hey, guys, mail in a check to Bright Pink if you want. But now we're actually kind of streamlining these processes and getting right. more money to the charities that we ultimately want to support. Yep. Speaking of money to charities, uh, you hit quite the benchmark this year for raising yeah. money for Bright Pink. Uh, fill us in on that.
1: Yeah, so this year we is our first year officially partnering with Bright Pink. Um, our original goal when we signed uh, um, our partnership with them, I believe it was in April, so not even a full year. We had, um, our goal was to raise twenty five thousand for them through our events. Um, and how our events work is, you know, Bright Pink has an amazing platform for fundraising. So every person that signs up for our competition, they get to set up their own team fundraising page. Um, Bright Pink sets up Like, for example, Girls Gone Racks Denver has an an event page, and every team can set up their own fundraising page from that, plus get fundraising. And so we really focus on giving incentives to our top fundraising teams at our events. Um, So they helped us set up all the fundraising platforms. We, uh, as of last week, we just passed 34,000 raised just since April for Bright Pink, which is it's very exciting. Our Girls Gone Rx Denver event alone, right now it's at 22000 and that's our event that's coming up this Saturday. So we are like crushing the fundraising stuff.
0: So I uh, i am notoriously terrible at math, Lindsay. But if my calculations are correct, you had a $25,000 fundraising goal for 12 months and right. you hit 34000 in five. Is that – am I yeah. – oh my gosh. Uh First off, congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks. Like like you guys are doing some great work. That's killer. Um, so you're doing these Girls Gone R X events, you're raising money for Bright Pink, uh, mm-hmm. and you're coming into these gyms and you're hosting these competitions for them. What is the benefit to the gym owner of outsourcing uh the running of these competitions?
1: So what how we run it is um it's kind of a three part System, we'll say through Girls Gunner X, So a gym can sign up to host the gym profits from hosting the event because you know as you know the gym has to close down to host an event so they'll be closed the whole day. Um, we donate automatically30 dollars from every team. So no matter what um, we get to control some of the fundraising and then what the teams do on their own is just an amazing benefit. Um, and then the based off team registrations, the gym also makes a profit from hosting. Um, what we handle is kind of everything except local, um, like volunteers and local marketing. So we handle all of the systems, like the written portions, the movements, the programming, the printing, the graphic design, shirts, banners, templates. I mean, hopefully everything that you can think of that you would need in a competition. Um, and all we ask them is, you know, provide a clean gym, get volunteers, know, maybe test out the workouts inside their space so we can make sure it works and market the event locally.
0: And so what I'm hearing, as a gym owner, what I'm hearing is that you can probably come in and run this event much better than I and probably at the end of the day help me net more on this event from a financial standpoint than I otherwise would trying to – manage it all on my own because everything, I mean the, the graphic design, the the promotion, I, I mean, all of these things that I could probably never buy the, the reach that you could provide for me.
1: Hopefully. I mean, that's our goal. Like our goal is to make it as easy as possible for the host to handle the competition. We give them a resource page that has downloads and email templates already written out. You know, it's a lot of just copy and paste for the gym owner. Um, and then of course You know, we set up as much national marketing as we can for them. You know, I send out newsletters locally for them. So we try to handle it all. So that way, you know, I can help them run a super easy event. They can see what it's like and they profit. They get to benefit a great cause and we get to go to their gym and hang out with a bunch of athletes.
0: That's awesome. So if a gym owner is listening to this and they think that either they've tried to run a competition and it was just such a pain in the neck that they don't want to do it again or they feel compelled to do something as part of a bigger charitable endeavor like Girls Gone Rx, how could a gym owner uh, get in contact with you or Girls Gone Rx to potentially become a host for one of these events?
1: Um, on our website, it says Um If you go to girlsgonerx.com slash host, that outlines everything. There's a host form they can fill out. Um, they can send us a Facebook message, We're pretty open to communicating very easily, whether it's through Facebook, Instagram, our website, Um, pretty much everything goes to me and I reach out right away. There's no like automated, we'll get back to you in 24 hours. It's literally me getting back to you and very personable. So it means a lot when, you know, a gym wants to host. I get really excited about that. You know, I'd love to see Girls Gone everywhere and bright pink to benefit and just really excited for it
0: awesome so what do you see what does 2016 have in store for Girls Gone Rx
1: um we're hopefully working on an Australian tour I have a couple ladies that we um do Skype calls every other week and talk about that um we have a couple events in Canada so we're hoping to make a bigger presence in Canada our Canada events um they benefit a different charity um theirs benefits a charity called Love the Snatch um which is a growing charity. They're working on getting officially a nonprofit. Um, we're super excited to support them, especially as they grow. Theirs is more focused on cervical cancer. Um, but the charities just, we just love it. Um, super nice guy that runs it. Um, so yeah, we're just hoping to kind of branch out to more gyms, you know, next year since, you know, we hit 34,000 for bright pink, um, We're working with them to provide more incentives for fundraising and get a few more, you know, maybe, maybe not necessarily CrossFit specific, but more fitness specific fund or sponsors involved, um, to help out with that. Um, and then just some more marketing and videos, you know, our plan is to grow. I'd like to, I'd like to have one or not one, um, three events every month, which would be great. So it's spread out, not a huge focus in October when it's breast cancer awareness, we want to, awareness always
0: awesome i like it so so essentially what you're saying is 2016 Girls Gone Rx becomes this giant multinational uh, conglomerate. (laughs) That's
1: the plan, hopefully. (laughs) Awesome.
0: I love it, Lindsay. So before we uh, wrap up, I would just like you to maybe give the gym owners out there a couple best practices and a couple big mistakes that they need to look out for when they're looking to plan either their next throwdown or fundraiser or any type of event. Do you have just maybe two or three points that people can uh, be on the lookout for?
1: I would say um, download the event checklist on the 321 site. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That literally – it's a very basic checklist, but it has the small stuff.
0: So, wrapping up, Lindsay, there's a lot of places to find you. Obviously, three two one go project dot com. Uh, you can search for uh, Lindsay Marcelli; uh, she's in there. You can download her checklist for events. Uh, Girls Gone Rx dot com, CrossFit Eminence, uh, anywhere else. Uh, Facebook message, oh Lindsay, you're everywhere.
1: Yeah, try to be.
0: <laughs> Lindsay, thanks That's for being I- on the. Yeah. (laughs) Lindsay, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, And that's a lot of killer information. Keep it up with Girls Gone Rx. Like You guys are doing awesome things, and we are stoked to hear about all the success you've been having in that.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you. All right. Have a good one, Lindsay. Thank you.
1: All right. You too.
0: Thanks for listening to the Sport of Business podcast. If you found this valuable, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a review. For more information head over to 321 go